0: listening to the Traditional Outdoors Podcast. Dude! (laughs) How you been, man? Man, I've been good. It's been a bit. It's been like a year, right?
1: (laughs) Uh, Well, honestly, since the last time you and I recorded, it's been longer than that. I mean, it's it's been over a year since the last episode before, you know, picking this thing back up. And I don't know... I'd have to go back and look. I'm not going to go back and pull it up. You'll hear clicking on my keyboard and everything else. But we 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 can truthfully say, other than Facebook chat, and I think you and I talked on the phone. We talked on the phone about something, but it wasn't anything related to the podcast. I don't even think we we talked about anything outdoors. No. So I have no idea what you've been doing, except except what you've seen. You know, I've seen you on
0: Facebook. Yeah, I know. I think you've been doing. You just kind of been doing your own thing. I've been kind of doing my own thing. I'm super busy with kids this time in my life, which I thought it would kind of settle a little bit, but I was really dumb to think that with one going into seventh grade and one going into high school, uh, which is scary to say. But I'm not even – I hadn't even begun. So (laughs) we're in the busy years now. I've been uh, cruising from one thing to the next and mainly not doing a whole lot in the uh, outdoor world – as far as it's definitely not an every weekend thing anymore, like, or, you know, a multiple thing a week or anything like that. It's like every other week I can do something because of swim meets and stuff. And, and I know you're doing your thing too. And you picked up a bunch of new things and, and yeah, so I guess we just kinda, we just kinda burned a year.
1: (laughs) Yeah. That's that's about what it was. And I, you know, I didn't pick up, uh, I actually picked back up, I guess would be the I don't think I'm doing anything that I haven't done, you know, in the past. It's just uh and I talked about this a little bit on the right you know, on the kickoff episode again last week, but you know it was a it was a comedy of errors as far as hunting season, but let's let's don't jump into hunting season just yet, Cause that that's kind of the tail end of the year. But um I know I watched and and you did a good bit of fishing, but I don't have any details. I I hope you got a, a few little good tidbits to share i can tell you that uh last year at the start of the year um i was doing i was doing a good bit of trout fishing got just you know real fired up about it i went out with brandon several times and uh didn't really change anything so to speak uh except locations i actually started uh just ticking off a uh, list that I had of, of streams in, uh, Georgia that I'd wanted to, that I'd wanted to fish for years and just never have. Uh, and some of them, some of them, I did revisit some streams that I've hunt, uh, fished in the past, but I'll tell you, there's one, if you ever, uh, if you ever get down here, one that I really want to take you to is a stream called Noontula Creek. And it's up, uh, it's about an hour maybe an hour and 15 minutes from my, from my front door. Uh, but it's, um, it's a stream that was stocked years ago and they don't stock it anymore. So everything in the stream is, is naturally reproducing yeah, at this point. Yeah. Wild at this point. Um, and they, and they, pro- they it a good bit as far as, you know, it's barbless hooks and artificial only, and you can only, you know you can only keep one fish and it has to be it it has to be a whopper. And I haven't caught anything like that but I always always managed to catch a few and just uh really bright colored fish just a really cool uh neat stream. And I carried Bell out with me a few times uh did the North Carolina thing which we'll talk about that in a minute but uh
0: what about you? I had a really good year fishing. Um, it, you know, it's even, man, it feels like forever ago for the fishing. Um, but I, I don't think I got out as much as I wanted to this year. Um, again, a lot of it has to do with Mackenzie picking up swimming and, uh, that just never stops cause it's a club and she keeps going to regionals and states and stuff like that. She's a good swimmer. So, you know, we've been doing a lot of that and I started volunteering and that and stuff, but, um, I did get out. Checking my journal, I kind of try to stay around the same times every year. Like, I I get in the water as soon as I can, as soon as it's early enough to do so. And then when we get into the dog days of summer, I usually try to stay out of the water more and do more bass fishing. But we had so much rain this year that the river was blown out almost every weekend. Some of the rivers I fish and... You know I'm envious of your guys' creek names and stuff like that. What would would you say Moon Julep Creek or New Something Creek? No. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs> noon, <laughs> noon, as in after <laughs> noon. Okay. Yeah, Noon Tula, T O O L A
0: H. So Noon Tula. See, we don't do We don't have anything like that. We name our rivers. We're lame. We name our rivers White, Flat, Rogue. <laughs> We don't have anything that's like remotely cool except Osabo. That's a cool one, but um, anyway, I got out on. I didn't really change my waters up much. Um, I fish the same places, but I keep fishing different spots. I don't really. I haven't been going back to the same spots I usually go to every year, mostly because I think a lot of them are are getting fished out. Because a lot of people have gotten into fly fishing since twenty twenty. And they all fish in the same spots. They all fish, you know, in the rate right, right by accesses and like hunting, you know, I started, you just kind of go further and further and finding an interesting ways to get where you want to go. So that's kind of what I did this year. And there's a couple really cool spots. I never see anybody at where I fish and I'm, I'm the fish. I think every year the fish get a little bit bigger and a little more frequent. Just because I'm learning how to read rivers and I'm learning how to, what to throw and I'm learning how to tie. And the thing is, I don't fish a lot of hatches. I don't have time. Like I, most of the time I'm fishing during the day. So I do a lot of subsurface, but I had a lot more luck on dries this year too. And my favorite thing to fish is wet flies. And I think we talked about that in 2022 quite a bit when we were, we were talking, I I think I had segued you in the the wets a little bit away from streamers. And I was like full blown wets at the end of 2022. And I've, I've been doing that a lot. And, um, one thing that works really well for me is to, you know, I'll sink a dry, you know, you can throw a dry and if it's not getting anything, you can sink it at the end and then rinse and repeat if you want to do that here. So I do everything on the swing still, but I I'm just having more luck and I'm pretty much exclusively fishing flies I tie now. So I just find so much more joy doing that than the other way, because you know, I'll, I'll go and sit in the basement and I'll tie up a few flies just for that day. You know, it's just cause it's fun. And I, I really like that. It's kind of like making your own arrows or doing anything like that. It's really, it's a, it's a trip. Um, I still think I, you know, I did, I did some smallie fishing and I had okay luck. I actually did introduce a buddy of mine to fishing last year that had never fished in his life. And that was a lot of fun. Um, so that was one of my highlights of the year. He moved now, so I don't really get to fish with him anymore, but that was really cool. And, uh, I think the, I think the highlight of my year this year for fishing was John Buchin finally got me out steelhead fishing and I got into a couple really big fish and it was a trip. I never landed. I had one I had about, you know, maybe 10 feet from the boat. And it jumped and threw me, and I had never fought a fish like that before. So that was a trip. I I, I want to do that again. And and John and I did it from the boat, from the bank. We had a lot of fun doing it, um, and it 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 was a blast. It really it did kind of hook me. Um, I still really like the trout fish. Um, I do want to do more steelhead fishing. Um, that but that's that's kind of the year, Steve. Like that, I think I'm just evolving as a fly fisherman and it feels really good to know what I'm doing and just by reading a lot and trying a lot of things and just getting adventurous and, and it's, it's been a ton of fun. So
1: have you, have you managed to, to get serious about streamers any?
0: Oh, I fish streamers. Yeah. I fish streamers. (laughs) Streamers are, you know, um, I have to be in the mood to throw streamers. Like either it's either nothing's working or we have a lot of really brown, murky days here, and streamers are great here for that.
1: Right. Um,
0: if I see minnows everywhere, I'll throw streamers. Um, and when I smallmouth fish, that's all I throw. I don't fish anything but streamers when I smallmouth fish. So I fish a lot of streamers, but I, but for normal trout, um, I like to do it on certain days. And then sometimes when it, um midday, when things just aren't happening, streamers are great. And I'll toss those. I really like those, and I it, I like throwing streamers. I got a four weight that I really like. Like my first four weight that I really like to fish. That one's my streamer rod. I throw streamers with that all the time. The light rod I don't really throw streamers with too much. Um, it's just kind of it works, but it's it's the other rod seems to like that better. And then we were we were fishing the big one. And we were fishing for the the, uh, the steelhead. I tried some bigger flies. John really likes to fish these little nymphs, and they do work, but. Um, I had to laugh the fish I got into, we were, we, it kind of went, kind of went dead and we were just sitting there for a really long time. And after the morning rush kind of happened. And then the night before I had tied up, like I didn't have, you know, if people fish those eggs, those, uh, mm-hmm. steelhead, yeah, yeah the yeah. little tartreuse eggs, you know, they're, they're, anything from a fluff ball to they may make them really cool. Well, I had all of this material, this like streamer flash material. And I didn't have any of those yarn balls, so I just mashed a bunch of that together around the hook and, and just tied it on there. And then put some uh, put some of that synthetic hackle or synthetic um, fibers on there to make it look like it had a shell around it, you know, and gave it a little life. And that's what I that's mm-hmm. what I caught that on. <laughs> I thought that was a trip. It was like this neon pink abomination with this white thing around it. And <laughs> that's what they hit. Everything else we tried didn't. Nothing. Nothing worked. And I thought that was a trip, but, uh,
1: well, well, I will tell you, you mentioned the, the wet flies and the, you know, the, I, I know which episode you're talking about. And so uh, you definitely piqued my interest and I thought, you know what, I, I'm going to, I'm going to give this another try. And then I thought, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to really give it a try and, and go all out. So I started looking at Euro rods and, uh, Euro nymph and rods uh-huh. anyway. Yep. I ended up buying, I don't even remember what weight it is. I think it's a four weight Euro rod with a reel, line, lead, the whole works. I, mean, I bought it used, so I didn't pay a ton for it, uh, and it's never been in the water. Uh, I, <laughs> I, I just, I don't know. I, I love the streamer fishing, and every time I went out, that was kind of the my approach was going to be streamers I've, and I fished some dries over the course of the year too. But, uh, I will tell you that, uh, all the fishing like on the noon tool and some of the other streams in, in North Georgia that I visited, uh, I'm trying to remember if I've actually caught anything on anything other than streamers, but nothing comes to mind. I'm pretty sure everything, um, everything that I caught most of last year was, was on streamers and, you know, we, I, I said I was going to mention the, the North Carolina trip, so I'll, I'll jump into that because I'm hoping that maybe you're still planning on joining us this year if you can. But that trip last year, that was just amazing. So this was Derek's second trip uh, down for the North Carolina opener. And for those that don't know, North Carolina closes their trout season for one month, Um for the month of March and it always opens the first Saturday in April and the last three years, three or four years, um, I haven't missed the, the opener, but Derek came and Derek and his wife came down two years ago. And then last year he came down again. We rented a a really big cabin and Derek and Susan came down, uh, Tom and Jen came down. Um, I went, Amy was with me and my brother drove up and I don't know the stars aligned, I guess. I don't know if there was something special going on, but man, what a week of weekend of fishing, um, Friday night, the night before the season opened, uh, front moved through and it, it stormed thunder and lightning. And, uh, I mean, it just, it poured most of the night. And the next morning we headed, left the, it was probably, I don't know, 20 minute drive from the cabin to where we were actually going to fish. And we showed up Saturday morning and you couldn't even, I mean, it was dangerous to actually get in the stream because this stream is, I don't know, average across it's probably, I don't know, maybe 60 feet on average, something like that. Mm-hmm. So it's not a very big stream, and when the water is normal, you can pretty much find a way to get all the way across the stream, just about anywhere you want to, if you want to do so. Mm-hmm. But I mean, you just—if you had stepped in it, it would have swept you away. I mean, it was—it was that high. The water was that high. It was—it was muddy. Um, didn't have a lot of luck at all up until probably. I don't know. I could go back and tell you because I've got video of it, but maybe around eleven o'clock because the water goes back down really quick too. Because you're you're so high up in the mountains, it is just once the once the runoff stops, the water drops really quick. Um, and I caught the first trout that morning. Uh, It was just well, I should say it was me and my brother. I think I caught the first one Mm -hmm. of the trip that morning on a on a, a streamer but within i don't know within an hour of that man we were catching fish. I don't think I've ever caught that many fish on a fly rod, you know, in a in a 2-day period in my life. My brother was fishing with spin tackle and that day, the first day, I stopped counting at at 80 fish. I mean, it was just insane the amount of fish we were bringing in and and some of them I caught two um I caught two browns that were I mean, they were probably 20 to 22 inch length size. I mean, they were, they were really nice size wow, fish. Wow. Yeah. Um, and, and get this. So the whole time I was fishing, uh, Derek made a, uh, um, I think it's a seven foot six inch. Don't hold me to that. i have to pull it out just to be sure I'm telling you right. But he made me a seven foot six inch four weight bamboo rod in the taper that I told him I liked. From the previous year, mm-hmm. so I'm catching these really nice sized fish just over and over again on this bamboo rod, which really is more for dry fly fishing. But man, it was it was just I can't tell you how much fun it was. So well, I bet I'm hoping you can make it this year. Um, I know it's a I know it's a haul for you. Um, and let's just hope that you don't do what you always do and bring the rain with you.
0: <laughs> right, I'm cursed, man. I'm cursed with flying. I, last weekend I flew somewhere, and I mean, I'd almost have to drive. I mean, the only the only thing is, is I'd pretty much have to drive, um, because flying's just I don't even want to fly anymore. To that, to that you're point. cursed. I am. I I was I was uh, because of ice Detroit was completely iced iced in last weekend and or last week, and I I was probably spent nine hours in an airport again. I didn't get in until I was supposed to go to Florida for a conference. I was supposed to be there at one, and I didn't get there till 11 in my room. So I just, I don't know. I don't have very good luck. But, you know, I really like to. I have to see. I know we're doing a family trip and uh, for spring break with the girls this year. And... We, I've got some, something going, my buddy's getting married and we got something going on there, but nobody's making their mind up. So I have to figure out the dates there. So I'll talk to you about that again soon. I'd love to come there. Um, Derek talked to me about it at Compton this year too. And he's like, you got to get there. You got to go there. It's awesome. You know, and he's been trying to get me to do some other things too. And I just never seem to have time, but I gotta, I gotta figure out a way to make it. Um, But it looked awesome. I mean it. I didn't expect you guys to catch fish like that there. That's it, that was something. I mean, you talked about it, but it was crazy, and the pictures were beautiful.
1: It was it was just like it used to be, or like I remember it when, because that you know I started fishing that stream when I was, I think the first year we we went there, me, my dad, and my brother. I didn't even have a license yet, so I was you know fourteen to fifteen years old, so. I've been going there for a long time and I can tell you, you know, when I was younger and we were going, cause we, that was a yearly thing. We went every year. Uh, and we caught, we caught fish like this. I mean, you, you, we would keep enough to eat every day. Uh, but we were, I know we were releasing 20, 30 fish each a day. Easy. Wow. But lately and and I don't know, I think it's a combination of things. I stopped spin fishing because when I was growing up, I'd, I did some fly fishing, but I was more learning and goofing off. Mm-hmm. Um, so most of the fishing we were doing was, was spin tackling spinners. Um, and in the years past, when I started going back after I moved to Georgia, I was only fly fishing. And I think that may be part of my perception that the the stocking was, cause it's a stock stream. Uh, I should have said that up front. Uh, I don't know. I thought, you know, they'd cut back on the stocking and maybe they did. I, I, I don't know, but I don't know if it was a combination of the, of the high water, but I can tell you by the afternoon of the first day, that high water was not only gone, but the stream was gin clear again. I mean, it, it's unreal how quickly that, that stream that we're on recovers. And the second day was just the same way. Um, There was one, and if you ever go, you'll, you'll know what I'm talking about. But when you drive into the stream, the forest service road that you take to get into the uh, stream side, there's a bridge that crosses over the creek. Mm -hmm. And late the afternoon of the first day Mike, my brother and I, we ended up down at that bridge and we actually got below it. And there was um, a few a few nice pockets, but there was one really nice pocket, uh, probably 100, 100 yards below that bridge. And Nick, I kid you not, we sat there between Mike with his spinning gear and me with his streamers and the fly rod. I can't tell you how many fish we pulled out of one run just cast after cast after cast and every time you would think well you know they they've stopped or you know we've we've either hooked or spooked everything in you know we'd throw one more cast and then at the last minute bam one would hit it I mean and it was just like I said it was just crazy um, and there's there's multiple streams so we didn't even there's one stream we never even got to um, and there's a, a second stream that on the second day, Mike wanted to fish it. He had to. He had to head home uh, midday, on Sunday, and we headed over to this. And you, uh, this stream is, I don't know. It's probably the width of a pickup. I mean, it's it's not big at all. And same thing. We were just we were pulling fish out of there. Amy caught her fish, her first uh, trout. Now she caught it on spin <laughs> gear, but um, the. That she pulled a i mean it was probably a twelve twelve and a half inch rainbow nice I mean it was just like i said the whole the whole trip was just really cool um and one of the one of the most memorable for a lot of reasons it was the first time me and my brother had gotten together and and done any fishing in probably fifteen to eighteen years and it was the first time we had fished that stream together in in well over thirty so like I said, it's a really, just really, really cool time. So if you can make it this this year, now it's actually 2024 now. If you can make it this year, I think you'll really enjoy it. Even if you don't catch a fish, you're going to enjoy it. It's just beautiful.
0: I would the hope I catch a fish beautiful. based on what you said. But uh, yeah, I'd love to do it. And I think I think what you were saying earlier is the key with remote I'm working the way it is now and how easy is it is. I think I would try to figure out a way to come up earlier and do it that way and just work a few days remote and then be able to go so that way i'm not hauling in and hauling out you know with no sleep and a long drive and you know it's just
1: well you know you know you're welcome here um you got a guest room for you uh the only thing about that would be if you're if you did that you would be driving solo right so you know whether if you maybe tried to tag along with derek or tom because as far as i know tom's coming again oh
0: tom's coming again i'll have to talk to him about that
1: as far as i know last time i talked to him he was he was still planning on on coming so
0: i'll reach out to him and see what his plans are and and you never know um i just got to figure out when this the spring break trip is the dates are and we never do anything as a family and we you know other than like maybe a day or two so we we need to we need to do something um, girls are going to be out of here before I know it. So that's, that's my only thing. Um, but I Un- understand completely. Yep. But I mean, I, man, there would be nothing I'd love to do more. I mean, that that's, that's amazing. And I've been planning on wanting, I mean, I've been wanting to go fish out of state. That's my, that's my big thing right now. Cause you know, I, I've seen a lot of what Michigan has to offer and I like it. And there's a lot of other things I want to do yet, but I really want to get to some other places. Just, just one of those things that just the pictures I see from people and the the quality of the fish and everything like that is just crazy. Not that there's not quality fish in Michigan, but there's something about being not where you are, not where you're always at, you know?
1: Well, and you guys don't have, you don't, you don't have mountain streams. No, we don't right? have
0: creeks I mean, like that either. Yeah. We don't, it's, it's not, I mean, we got a lot of like murky rivers and stuff like that. We don't have, we don't have the, the nice spring water creeks like you said that you've got there and that's just something else entirely. And I can really use that, take advantage of that light rod. And I'd like to get, actually, I'd like to get a, a, a Creek rod like that. I'd like to get something like you've got like a, I don't know, we got like six foot, six foot two weight or something like that.
1: I've, I've got one of those. I don't, honestly, I haven't used it that much. My, my favorite. Oh, I've got two favorites. Um, my two favorites for, for fishing streams like that is I've got a, and I can't remember if it's an eight or an eight six, but I've got a um, St. Croix legend ultra three weight that I truly love. And then I've got a a three weight blue halo that Scott built for me. Uh, And I love both of those rods. Those, those honestly get the most work. Uh, And the, the um, I'll be honest, I was sitting here thinking about it and I brought the the bamboo rod back after that, and had big plans. And I don't think I think I made it out with that rod once or twice. It, I know I fished uh, Noontula with it, so it had to be after that trip. But I didn't make I didn't make many trip outings after uh, April, and, and you know this kind of segues into the rest of the year, but uh and i did mention this on the previous um reintro episode but uh around the end of april or may last year everything just got way too crazy complicated busy um work was and that's another whole story i'm not going to go into we can have a sidebar about that but um the company I worked for, we picked up a new, uh, software product and a bunch of us got trained for it. Long story short, it ended up being, it ended up falling pretty much on me. Um, and one other gentleman. Um, but anyway, we were just, we had more work than we knew what to do with. Mm-hmm. Um, I had started, you know, not started, I should say this, but since Lori had passed away, I've been trying to go up and, and spend time with my dad and my brother whenever I could, at least as close to once a month as I could. But between, um, between Bella coming up and her graduating and, uh, doing things on the weekend with Amy and trying to go to see and spend time with my dad and my brother and, my my middle daughter and and her son who was born, um, uh, well his 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 second birthday is this weekend, and that that's another story. But I'm not even gonna get to that. I was supposed to be going to North Carolina this weekend and that got canceled just before I jumped on here to record. But hmm. um, so I didn't. I don't think I made it to a single 3D shoot after March. Of last year. So April, May, June, July, August, never made it to a 3d shoot. Um, didn't have much time to shoot, you know, here in the backyard. Then our vacation rolled around in July and, uh, sprained, fractured, broke, whatever it was really messed my left ankle up. Yeah. Really, really bad. Um, you, I know you saw pictures of that on Facebook. Yeah,
0: that was crazy, huge.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, I it it it's it was it's the swelling was so bad. I almost went to the doctor because I started getting, I, I started worrying I was going to lose toes because my the swelling was so bad bad and the blood pooled around my toes so bad that my toes started turning black.
0: It looked like it looked um, like somebody had a black like plastic glove. <laughs> And we just blowing it, it up like nasty. a balloon, <laughs> little nub sticking out of the top of it. Yeah, it was gross. Yeah. <laughs> I was, was like, was man, so would, man, when you do uh, it, you really do it.
1: <laughs> I do. I mean, if you're going to do something, do it right. Uh, so, you know, honey, scouting and and doing much shooting was was completely out of the question. And somehow, and I think looking back, it was probably had something to do with being too proud to use crutches, and and putting way too much stress on my right leg to compensate for my left leg. Mm -hmm. My knee started bothering me. That would have been in late August, early September. Uh, And I can't remember exactly when I did it now. I think it was around October. Anyway, it bothered me for weeks and, you know, I kept babying it and I would wear a brace every now and then. And anyway, I was sitting in the living room, uh, One Saturday, I think, Saturday or Sunday, and uh, Amy's been battling her. She's had some trials with blood pressure and, and some blood pressure medication. Anyway, she wanted to take her blood pressure, and I said, well, I'll run upstairs and get the, the blood pressure cuff. And I took off like I always do, and <laughs> when that right foot hit the second landing at the bottom of my stairs, it popped, and... I don't think I've ever had anything hurt that bad all at once. Uh, I kind of just went forward onto the stairs and then as as best I could, just slid down the stairs onto the, the floor <laughs> in my foyer and just oh. laid on my back for I don't know how long. Um, oh, no. And the first time in my life, I told Amy, I said, I don't know if I'm going to the doctor yet, but you're going to have to go get me some crutches because once I was able to get upright, I couldn't put any weight at all on my right foot. I mean, nothing. As soon as any weight touched, it just screaming pain. Um, so anyway, that was those two events along with the just not having time to be prepared. That was the end of my bow hunting for this or my bow hunting season. Uh-huh. I should say I did make it out twice. Um, and twice is being generous because the first time. Um, the first time was when I found the tent city and I went to the other side of the property, you know, what I'm talking about over, you know, where the archery club is. Mm -hmm. I went over to the other side of the property and actually hunted a a stand that you hunted or same location of one that you had hunted. But I mean, it was daylight before I ever walked into the woods. I, I sat there maybe, maybe an hour and a half and just said, you know, I'm wasting my time. Um, and then I hunted up on, um, one of the North Georgia WMAs one day, that was it. How about your, your, your archery season?
0: My archery season was great. I didn't actually put anything in the freezer that I killed. Um, I, I ended up helping a guy out with a, actually he's a former weather, famous weatherman in the area. I, his, justice co coworker had a, had a deer basically die in his yard and a young buck and I had I to remember come, that. I had to come take care of it. So I still have, there wasn't a whole lot of meat to get off that thing, but everything else was, um, I saw deer all year, mainly bucks too. I didn't see a lot of does this year, which is crazy because everybody was saying that we've got this, you know, we're overrun with does there are does everywhere. I hardly saw does this year. I don't think any of us in, even at classy, we didn't see a lot of does, um, all bucks and pretty much October was kind of a wash, it just rained. It was rain and mud all hunting season. It was just bad. Um, to the point, you know, where you don't want to go sit in it. It's just too wet. Um, and I got out mainly with tree stand, but the, but the time I actually hit a deer, I went back to, I wanted to, I wanted to go out with my, uh, with my seat and just sit on the ground. And when my dad moved, cause my parents moved to, um, over on the uh, east side of the state down here, down in the Detroit area, they moved over there. And when I moved them out, my dad had his, he said he's not hunting anymore. So he had his, uh, he had one of those lean against the tree tree seats. So I've been using that. So I said, I'm just going to take this out and just, just sit on the ground. And I found a couple scrapes and on an opening and I wanted to sit right there. So I did. And, um, you know, a four point came and worked that scrape a nice wide one. And, uh, It was pushing dark and it was just taking its sweet time. And it was at the, there was three scrapes. Actually, it was at scrape number two. And by the time it moved to scrape number three, I mean, it was getting pretty, I mean, it was close. And it was about 20, maybe 20 yards and on a licking branch. And I still had my spot. I picked it. I, I played it perfectly from the ground I got the draw off everything it wasn't looking at me I just needed it to turn it did and unfortunately it had such nice antlers on it that I started looking at the antlers and my eyes drifted a little bit and I sure enough I put it I put the arrow high and I thought I missed it I thought it hit the the tree above it because it was just this crazy whack. And then it, you know, didn't see the arrow. I just heard the arrow go flying off into the bushes and on the other side of it. And it bucked and got out of there down the, down this ridge. And I'm like, well, I missed it high. At least I don't have to worry about, you know, any of that. And I went and tried to find my arrow and I only found a half of it. And I couldn't find the other half with the broadhead. And I had a brand new a, you know, heavy 300 grain of bowyer on the end of a ash shaft and it, it snapped it right in half and I couldn't find the head and I really wanted the head. So I'm like, okay, well, you know, I'm going to see what happened tomorrow morning. I'm going to get out of there. It started misting. So I'm like, I'm getting out of there. So I come back the next morning and I look down at the clearing where, you know, I found my arrow. I left it there and I was looking around for the head and I'm like, I can't find this head. And then I looked down at the ground on the edge of the clearing and there was two drops of blood. And I said, wow, what? That's not right. And that's fresh. That's definitely from, because it was like 35 degrees. So, I mean, the blood was still, you know, bright red and wet. So I'm like, okay, what's going on here? And then I found more and I started texting you because I was like, this is weird. I don't think I hit this deer. Maybe I did. And I sure enough, I found my broadhead, and the rest of the arrow, the broadhead was peened, rolled the end right over on that single-bevel heavy aboyer, and so I must have hit it real hard. And I think what I did is I, after it ricocheted off that shoulder blade, it went down into the tissue, and it just cut the hell out of the tissue, and, you know, there was some dark spots of blood, but it was mainly bright blood. And But there was a good chunk of it. I mean, I think I broke seven inches of shaft off that thing, and it was all red. So I blood tracked it all day. It was a Sunday and I was just in my jeans and a flannel and I brought my bow with me and I tracked it around up by the road. It did kind of a, a horseshoe and then it ended up by the road and it was bedded up there. And I kicked it up with a million other deer up there, all bedded right by the highway. And, uh, it was jumping around and running and had a little bit of a limp, but it was fine. So I hobbled him a little bit. I saw him twice more this season. I kept hunting for him because I was like, well, I know he's not leaving the area because he hasn't left yet. He made it through gun season. And I know why, because he's bedded up by the road. He's got his back to the road. He can see everything. The wind's perfect there. It doesn't change very much. And he's, he's good. He's got a whole valley to oversee. There's nothing, there's no way to get at him. Um, so that was kind of a bummer. And then we, I uh, had a couple more really, really nice deer encounters, but no shots. And then we rolled in to, to Classy. We went camp Classy. We went back to um, Yankee this year, so that was fun. Uh, you know, we had a good camp. Uh, Tom joined us a night or a couple nights, and we we kind of hunted all over the place. We split it up a little bit. We did a little bit on private, a little bit on public. And, um, I wanted to go to the spot one morning across the road where I, where my, uh, identity thief buck happened, where I, or deer happened, where I got, I lost my, uh, lost my wallet and everything else and tore everything up back there. I'm like, you know, I'm going to go back there and then I'm going to see if my wallet's back there while I'm at it. So I, w- I went back there and it was a nice frosty morning. And I sat right on the edge of that, right on the edge of that big field across from camp. And, and I had... A nice six point come in right on the edge at light and nose right at me and didn't see me. I was in this little, I was on the ground that time. I was in a little blind because I alternated a little bit. I was doing my stand a lot in the afternoon at night and I was doing seat in the daytime and, uh, or in the morning, I mean, so it was coming right at me, and I couldn't draw on it or anything. I had to say absolutely still, and I waited, and I waited, and I waited, and I'm like, okay, when this thing peels off, I'm going to, you know, on another direction, I'm going to shoot at it. Well, it was just too it was just too wary, and by the time I had a chance to shoot, it be, it made me, and that was it. And the very next morning, I actually went back there, and I just sat in a little bit different spot, and I had – another buck chasing a doe come in and this was the coolest thing I've seen in a long time because that th- those came in that duck, that buck was chasing that doe and John was hunting on the other side of the field kind of like Tom did when he was pushing those deer he hunted over there and I think it got wind to him and it scared both of them out and it was chasing the doe but they were like trying to get away and the buck it was like a it was like a little basket like a little basket, four or six, something like that. And it came running and there was a little dip in the ground, probably 15 yards in front of me, like, no, probably like 25 yards in front of me. And there was a, a bunch, there was like a fir tree over there. That was like a little, little fir tree, like a little sapling, Charlie Brown, Christmas tree, sapling fir tree. And it it went and it hid, it ducked down behind the fir tree and just its antlers were hanging up over the top of the little mound. (laughs) So it looked like its antlers were part of the tree <laughs> and it stayed there for like 15 minutes like that hiding. And it was hilarious. And finally, John kind of came in from the other side and it spooked them up from where they were and the doe took off and then the buck took off. And then I was sitting on the other side. Like now I had moved a little bit and I was, I was in position to shoot if they ran out of there in the buck past the doe and trying to get out of there and I had, you know, I had the shot, I took it and I shot right underneath of it when it was running and I missed that one. So I had three really good opportunities at bucks this year, decent opportunities anyway, and I missed them. And then we had the following evening, we went out and we hunted the spot where I shot my doe that one near the, uh, the no spots for John doe where I found his spots or I found a spot and I hunted up there off the, off the logging road, which is an actual logging road. So (laughs) I I went, I went hunting up there and I took my stand this time. I said, you know, I'm going to take my stand this time. This is going to be great. And I was sitting uphill and, you know, I had a tree stand. It's since it's on a tree on the side of a hill, I was way up there because there was a drop-off right in front of me. So it was, I was a good, I was a good ways up and I don't usually go very high. I'm like maybe 15 feet, um, if that. And I was, I was a ways up there. It felt like 25, 30 with the, with the drop, the way it was down the ridge. And I was just getting set up. I had just climbed up in the tree and I was screwing in my, uh, my hook into the tree from to hang my pack. And two does came screaming across the valley and up right next to me. And they, they came up the my left side, right where the hill was. And, they stopped right almost parallel with me. Like they were almost on the same level like I was hunting from the ground right there. And they didn't know where I was. They started milling around there. And I'm like, okay, I got to put this pack down and I got to get my bow and I got to swing around and try to shoot. And I was moving super slow and I was struggling because I couldn't get the damn pack up. And finally, one of the does kind of heard me shuffling and then looked down and looked up at me like looked underneath the tree and looked up at me and busted me and they left and I didn't see anything the rest of the trip but that would have been a really good opportunity too but I learned that John told me to put a um put a lanyard clip on the top of my bag and he's like just clip it to your stand when you're up there so you're not messing with it so you can get you know situated and if something does come you're more ready to shoot and I'm like oh that's a really good idea I never thought of that before so I started doing that, and that felt a lot better. But like I said, deer everywhere. It was a great season. It I just did, couldn't get it done for whatever reason, and I wasn't really too happy about it, or not. I mean, too upset about it. I I felt pretty good. I got quite a few stories out of it, and I enjoyed it. Um, and I know they had a. I know that the boys all had a good season too. They did. They got they got some uh, a couple deer with um with muzzle loaders. So they were happy about that. But other than that, nobody got one with a bow this year. So, yeah. Long story well, short.
1: I didn't, uh...
0: Go ahead. That? No, I said long story short. Yeah, it, was, it was a good year, but unproductive. Um, and yeah, for you, that was, it's weird because I was actually, like, bow hunting more than you this year, which is, like, a rare occurrence. I was like, this is so weird, Steve not being out every day. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah it didn't uh it just what like i said i just kind of accepted it wasn't in the cards and uh my brother um well i mean this i'm going to try to keep this as brief as possible cuz uh, i do want to try to keep the episodes around an hour you and i talked about that but it you know it, it there was a lot of things that that occurred over the last year really um i i, I decided i wanted to to, to get back into firearm hunting at some point. And I had, uh, you know, it's funny, for years, uh, I never had a problem, first of all, before I state this, I never had a problem with, with ARs or people hunting with ARs. They just didn't appeal mm-hmm. to me um, at all. And, you know, my, my brother and my t- talking about it and so forth, and I just up and decided, you know what, I want to build an AR. So... I actually built two at the same time. Well, I shouldn't say I built two. Between me and my brother, I built two. Um the first one uh Mike built a I told him I wanted a uh M4 replica cuz my brother retired from the Marine Corps and I thought it'd be kind of cool to have uh while it's a replica, it's not exact to have a replica of, you know, what he carried the whole time he was in service. Yeah, that's cool. So I built the I built the lower, so I bought a lower receiver and bought a fixed stock and all this other stuff, and I built the lower. And my brother put together uh, an upper for me, and it's two, two, three. It's nothing fancy, um, but it was really cool. And during that same time, I started building a second one. And before it was over with, I think now I've got I've got two lowers and three uppers, and I've got another one in the safe that I'm slowly acquiring parts for that I'm going to build a, even another one. But anyway, one of those I built as a, I wanted to, I knew I wanted to deer hunt with it. Uh, and in fact, uh, I should have backed up the, the second one that I, that I actually put together was in 300 blackout. And I did hunt with that a little bit last year, but only, I think it was two afternoons. I carried it out and never even saw anything. um, so anyway, this year we had we had talked about. I was like I said, I was going up there, spending a lot of weekends, and and Mike and I had kind of uh, planned out some some things we were going to do once the firearm season rolled around. And he actually, I was very proud of my brother. I got to say this: he killed the biggest deer that he's ever taken with a bow this year, which was very cool um, as far as a buck. He's carried, killed does and smaller bucks, but he killed a really nice buck this year, um, with a bow. So I was very proud of him for that.
0: But, I think I saw a picture of that. It was uh, pretty, pretty big.
1: <laughs> yeah, it was a, it was a decent sized buck. It really was. And he was very proud of it. Um, but I decided that I was going, uh, I knew I was going to go up sometime in November. And when I started looking at calendars, I said, you know what? I'm going to go up for the opening of the muzzleloader season which when I was living in North Carolina, it was a week. Now it's two weeks long. So I drove up the Friday night before muzzleloader season opened and was my, my ankle had gotten better, but this was while my, my knee was really bothering me, but it was before I blew it out completely, but it was, it was really bothering me. So I wasn't planning on hunting, uh, from a stand that morning. I just walked in, uh, to a place that I'd, I had set some stands and hunted a little bit last year, and I've had a, a camera, a cellular camera on it for almost two years now. And uh, I I set up before daylight. As soon as it got daylight, I didn't like where I was at. And just looking around, uh, to give it a little bit of uh, of a visual, my dad had a, a pond built behind his house on the, on the property I grew up on. And the pond has really... The, the water got over the spillway one time and it eroded everything down. So, you know, it's it's just one step bigger than a mud puddle at this point, but it's still holding some water. And the the spillway, now the creek actually just flows around the spillway. And that's where I was hunting. It was right behind the, the original dam on the edge of the spillway. And I just happened to look around and there was a, just a perfect, what I would love to find for bow hunting, a little natural blind with a a pine that had fallen and it was right up next to a hardwood. So I was in by using my hammock seat. So I just picked up moved and got everything set up and I hadn't been, I hadn't moved maybe 10 minutes and caught movement and that turned into a a flicker of an ear. And next thing I know there's, there's four or five does that are working away um, pretty much down the same path that I had taken to get in there that morning. And I just kept waiting one give me the right shot because I am shooting with open sights more to come on that in a second. But one of them finally gave me a perfect shot and I pulled the trigger and I felt like the shot was good, but I heard this deer running and crashing and finally heard it stop. And the way it stopped, I thought, well, I think I got it. Uh, So I sat there another 30 minutes or so and walked over and definitely had blood and started following the, the trail and it was, it was bleeding pretty good, but I, I wished I'd taken some pictures of this and this would come back later in the season too, but there's a, there's a, a field that we used to have that was right along the creek. It was only about a half acre and we didn't do much with it and it's just grown up and the blackberry vines in this little section, if you're up at a tree stand looking over it, cause I do hunt and look over this, this thicket it looks like they're about five, six foot tall. You get out in these things and they're 10 to 12 feet tall. And even wearing leather gloves, you, you actually will stick yourself with the thorns through the leather gloves. Cool. And that dough went right through the middle of it. Um, and I actually stopped just short of stepping on her before I realized, even saw her. It was just insanely thick. Um, Probably took me 45 minutes to an hour to get her out of there. And uh, anyway, long story short, got a nice day that morning. That afternoon, my brother and I rode around and looked at, you know, some of the other farms and found uh, one field that had a lot of sign in and around it. Uh, Wind was good for a certain tree that was going to be real easy to climb and give me a good bit of cover. And this one you know about because i I still have not gotten over this one and posted about it on Facebook, but I headed to the stand at about three o'clock. I climbed the tree time. I got settled in everything ready to actually hunt. It was three 35. I remember looking at my watch and I'm thinking, well, at least I'll get to cool off cause I'd worked up a sweat and I said, I'm not going to see anything for a couple of hours. And at four Oh five, I look up and I see movement about 150 yards away and threw my binoculars on it, and it was a decent-sized buck walked out into this field of fescue and clover. Mm-hmm. Well, at that range, with open sights, there's no way. I can I, I barely I can barely see that far without visual aid, so I just sit there and I start watching this this buck in my binoculars. This vigil lasted over three hours. That buck would walk around eating clover. He bedded down in this little field twice. Now the, the field's probably about an acre. Um, where he walked out was at the narrowest point, and it's probably 30 yards across this little strip of fescue and clover. And he literally walked back and forth in the same area, except when he was bedding down for three hours. I watched him for three hours. Uh, the, the second time he bedded down, he bedded down with his, with his, uh, back to me. So he was facing away from me and he laid there for 45 minutes. And I seriously considered trying to ease down the tree and, and still hunt over to get close enough. But ultimately I talked myself out of it cause it was just, it, it was all open. I mean, it, it if anyway, it just wasn't going to work. So I just kept sitting there. It started getting... Dark. I mean, the the sun's going down. It's it's getting darker, and he finally starts feeding and moving towards me, uh. And I pick a mark and say, if he gets to that point, I think I can take the shot. And he finally gets to that point. You're probably talking about five minutes of shooting light left, and I've got my muzzleloader up. I tried everything to get some kind of rest. I couldn't get a rest just because of the limbs, the way I was in the tree. So I'm sitting there and I finally went back to a trick that I used to use with a, when I was shooting with a scope. And I start just trying to make a very small, tight figure eight. So I'm not shaking. I'm keeping the, the gun moving in a predictable pattern, just real small and tight. And I start squeezing the trigger. And the gun goes off and it is so steel. I mean, there's no wind. And this big cloud of white smoke is sitting in front of me. It's just hanging. I can't see through it. I don't know if the deer's run off. I don't know if it's standing there looking at me. I don't know what's going on. And it finally starts clearing up a little bit. And by this point, it's dark enough that I can't really see. So I start, I throw up the binoculars and looking through that, hoping it's going to gather just enough light. And all of a sudden I see a white and realize it's a white belly. And he had dropped pretty much where he was standing. And I'm patting myself on the back. I feel so great about this. Uh, here, this old man. It ended up being a hundred, and I think I stepped it off of, at hundred and fourteen paces. Wow. Um. But I get to him, and if I had, if I had hiccuped, I'd have missed him. I mean, I, uh, the the shot, the shot still hit high, even though I wasn't even thinking about trying to allow for bullet drop. Uh, it hit him just a little bit high, but it was enough. It just, it, it dropped him in his tracks. Um, and I kind of told myself at this point, that's more pride than anything else. So if I hunt with a muzzleloader in 2024, I've got a, I ended up putting a, a scope base and a four power scope on it. I don't want, I won't shoot over much over hundred yards anyway, but I just can't, my eyes won't focus. I can't get it to focus on a a front blade and the rear, it just doesn't work. So, Mm. but anyway, that was a, that was a cool experience. Um, and then flash forward to, uh, I guess it was a little before the week before Christmas or two weeks before Christmas. I think, um, I went back up again for, a a, uh, a week. Actually, I, uh, took some time off work and, drove up for a week of hunting and I won't get into all the details there, but I ended up, uh, total, I ended up putting six, six deer on the ground. So I've got a very full freezer. Um, and we're, we're eating, we're eating venison for everything now. We've got venison ground, venison sausage, and then the tenderloin. And I think we're eating venison like three or four nights a week. Wow. Um, but I will tell this one real quick. We'll use we'll we'll I'll plan on wrapping up the episode with this. So um, I don't remember what day of the week it was that week, but it was a couple days into the week. And uh, by, when I was growing up, we had a we had a farm that we we used for small grain. It's a I shouldn't say a farm. It's a track of land in a river bottom. So the track of land that we had that we raised crops on was, if I remember correctly, was about 40 acres. But total in this one river bottom is probably 800 to 1,000 acres. And my brother wanted to go down there hunting. And um, I just told him I had a place that I that I thought about that I'd kind of picked out in my mind. I told him where I was going to hunt. And where this is, it's probably a 40-acre 40, 40 field that at one time it was a pasture. So there's there's a fence row that goes at least over um, half of the circumference of this this field. And where I sat down was right where the, the gate used to be. And if I'm looking straight ahead, the distance was a little over 300 yards. And if I'm looking to the far right corner of the field, it's probably 500 yards. And I've got the um, second AR upper that I built with me. That's what I'm hunting with. It was a, a 6.5 Grendel in an AR platform. And I sat down and I'm, I'm texting with Mike. He's hunting a couple hundred yards from me. And I look up and there's a couple of does that's come out into this field and they're feeding across the field. And, and I'm sitting there going, guessing it's probably about 200 yards. So, uh, I pick out the biggest doe and I can't on my shooting sticks. I can't hold the, the rifle steady enough. So there's a little fork tree in front of me and I ease out of my seat and get down on the ground and throw the front of this rifle into fork of this little sapling and finally get something that I feel like is sturdy enough and, and squeezed off around. And, and she was, she never stepped out of her track. So it felt pretty good to go back to, to shooting, you know, that kind of distance. Um, uh, for somebody that hadn't done it in 20 plus years. Yeah, I bet. So I was pretty pretty happy about that. So I climbed back into my seat. And I'm sitting there texting Mike. And, and I, I sent him a text and said, you know, doe down. And uh, it wasn't five minutes. And I said, oh, now I got a buck. And it was it was two more does and two bucks had entered the field in the same place in that far corner. It was about 500 yards away. And they're moving. I mean, they're making tracks and this is, this is really kind of funny. I'm going to try to get all this in real quick, but (laughs) they're making tracks across this field and I'm texting Mike the whole time and, and, you know, said, you know, there's a nice buck. And, uh, it came up and was pretty close in line to where the doe was already laying on the ground and gave me a perfect shot and stopped. And, and same thing. I squeezed off around and it dropped in his tracks And I sent Mike another text and said, buck down. And the little four point that was with him ran a little bit, but it ran kind of towards me. So I pulled my phone out and I I start taking video of it. It's getting closer and I take a picture or two and I send it to my brother. And I didn't think anything about this at the time, but. Once it got dark, I actually heard Mike shoot. So I, I went and got in the truck and drove over and he had shot a doe. So we got his doe loaded up in the truck. And, and uh, he said something about the four, the four point. And I, I, I don't remember exactly what it was. I know I had other things on my mind. Um, Bella's second cat had actually passed away that day. So I, I had other things on my mind. I, I remember this vividly and hopped in the truck. So we started driving over to pick mine up and we pull up on the buck first and Mike gets out, walks in and he just starts cursing at me because he, in his mind, because of me sending a text, he thought I'd shot the four point <laughs> and we walk up and there's this real tall time, big eight on the ground. And, and he just, he, it was kind of funny because he just, and then after he told me and explained it, I was like, Oh, okay. I see why you thought that. But Uh, anyway, the buck was 178 yards and the doe ended up being 192. Um, and I haven't taken a shot at a, at a, at an animal like that in well over, well over 20 years, because even before I went to shooting just traditional gear over 20 years ago, I had hunted with, you know, modern archery for, I don't know, seven to eight years, maybe a little bit longer than that. So I haven't touched a firearm for hunting in, in close to thirty years now. So felt pretty good.
0: Yeah, I would say. I mean, you're kinda you know, you're you know, hunting with your brother in that area and with gun and that's that's cool. That's kinda like a return to roots kind of thing. A little bit.
1: It was it. it was a really cool year. Um I think between me and my brother and his wife, there was a total of I don't know probably I'm thinking probably close to twenty between the three well, it wouldn't have been twenty, so it would have been uh, uh fifteen fifteen or sixteen deer I think between between all of us wow, um and and man, I've just deer running everywhere. it's so much different there than it is here um, just night and day, but that's that's another story. And I know you've seen some of the posts on Facebook. So the next time you're at least going to have to let me get on here and tell you the story about damn it, Carl. That's what I thought um, you were going to
0: get into. I was it, waiting for it.
1: No, no. Got to wait on that one. We'll do that one next time. We we've been, we've been chatting here for a little over an hour and I did want to keep these things right at 60 minutes. So, mm-hmm. um, man, I appreciate you joining me. We're, we will wrap this one up. Uh, thanks for sharing. The details about your 2023. I hope everyone enjoyed listening to this. And we're gonna we're gonna sit back and talk about a few topics and figure out what's gonna be next and you'll have another episode coming towards you real soon. Take care everyone. Thank you so much.